welcome to This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Beakey. I am honored to share with you the philosophy that has underscored my personal and professional life and explore how osteopathy truly is for the health of all things. I see these principles in action every day in my varied roles as physician, parent, athlete, writer, musician, coach, and entrepreneur, and hope they will light the way for the path to your best health. Please note that while I am a physician, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Thank you for joining me for episode 21 of season four of This Osteopathic Life. Today, we venture into Athlon, and that is just a part of a word, to my understanding, although it appears to be standalone when I pull it up and look at it in the dictionary. I'll share with you how this came to pass, and we'll open up this discussion and dialogue, which I really feel like these are. I know it's me here talking into the microphone, but I feel connected to those of you on the other end listening and appreciate the feedback that I get, and it really does open this contemplative space for me and hopefully for you as well. So last week, I breezed into the yoga studio one day, a place where I frequent, and one of the fabulous staff said to me, your life is an ethylon. And as she offered that to me, I received it in a resonant way, because yes, life in motion and activities, you know, and thinking of the swim and bike and run that peppered my life for so long in racing triathlon and in more recent times, exercising and yoga and really using the bike for transport. So there were, was a lot that I really identified with in that statement. I noticed a sense of pride in, yes, you know, my life in motion, that's fantastic. And I noticed immediately also a sense of shame, perhaps, and concern that can I only successfully do life while in motion in knowing that the stillness and the pause and the rest are areas of struggle and honoring that those are places that I have really been investing time into, energy into, which can feel a little bit counterintuitive. Are you investing energy into a rest space? And for me, the answer is absolutely yes. It is a conscious and purposeful effort to hold that time in that space to do less. And immediately, I'm seeing the movie Forgetting Sarah Marshall, where there is a surf lesson happening, and the character played by Paul Rudd is giving instruction. And he's saying, do less, do less. Okay, now you're just lying there. (laughs) And there's a balance point between constant motion and doing nothing. But even in the doing nothing, are we ever doing nothing? Or are we rejuvenating and refreshing? Even if we are being still, still in our body, still in our mind, I almost want to say still in spirit because we look to that triune, but really in that still in body and mind, the spirit has this chance to really fully flourish and express itself. So as that was offered to me, I had an immediate desire to counter and juxtapose that and say, well, actually, I'm really working on the stillness. And yoga is not an entirely still space, but is a different level of engagement and intensity in a space where I can tune into thoughts in a different way and allow myself to be in my body. Yes, there are challenges, and certainly there are some very challenging poses that can happen, but there are also many more moments of stillness and pause. And to be honest, I love the classes the most 
or I am just lying on the mat where you barely stand for any of the class and just take it in, which again is a growth edge for me. So in any case, that seed was planted and the latter days of the week and the early days of the weekend were to be beautiful and quite warm and very pro-summer, pro-beach, get to the water, be outside, do all the things. And in midpoints of that week, I had a lot of tasks in front of me. So I spent a lot of time sitting and in front of my computer. And this week, by a various overlapping of events, I am home solo, so a bit of a staycation. And I had the choice to do with my time what I wish. Now that is true always, but of course we have responsibilities and when there are children involved, it can feel like you don't have full autonomy to fully just choose what you're going to do with your time. And so all of that came together alongside this being the weekend where the USAT age group nationals were taking place in Milwaukee and that is the USA triathlon. And that is my favorite race venue of all time. I've had the great honor and privilege to race there twice in the past. And this is a qualifying race. You have to qualify to race at these national championships. And I did not race triathlon. Otherwise, in the last year, two years, three, I'd have to look back to when my most recent date of racing was. And so I realized I really enjoy racing. I love that venue. I'm not there right now, but I do have access to swim and bike and run in a beautiful space where I live without travel or race fees, which is always appreciated. And I'm not interested at this moment in time in a result. And that is new for me in my career of racing triathlon. If I wasn't there to win or had the possibility of winning, it didn't seem worth it to me. And that can be appropriate if you are a competitive athlete. You you do approach these events with the idea of putting forth your effort and at least the chance that you would win. And that might mean overall, that might mean your age group, that might mean your PR, whatever it is, but that has shifted for me. And so taking into account life as an athlon, and I realized as I typed this out, I added another A in there, but we're just going to go (laughs) A-T-H-L-O-N. And I'm going to just forgive myself and my grammarian spirit to just let that be what it was. Grammarian. <laughs> Even that now, like I'm questioning all words from the beginning of time. And it was a somewhat spur of the moment decision without a whole lot of forethought and planning, which is what spur of the moment means. So we're just going to add some redundancy there. And so on Friday, I attended morning yoga and it was the start of again, what was really an ultimately super summer day here in Northern Michigan. And I thought, you know, I think I'm going to complete a triathlon today. And that includes, in the traditional sense, swimming, biking, running. I thought about the various distances and sprint triathlon is fabulous, but it was really never my jam. It was almost over too quickly, right? If we're going Princess Bride style, right? Like I have to use my left hand because if I use my right, it's over too quickly. So half Ironman, too long, right? So we Goldilocks this whole proposition and we is me and me. (laughs) That's how I spent my last week and I really had a great time with that we. And so I settled on Olympic distance. It's the classic distance. It's the international racing distance. It would be what was raced in Milwaukee on Saturday. And so that is a 1500 meter swim, just under a mile, a 40 kilometer bike, 24.8 miles, 
and a 10-kilometer run, 6.2 miles. Now, that last leg was one that's going to be a little bit questionable. I've had some foot issues since I last raced, which fascinating every time I come back to the I'm a runner moment, the universe says, well, you know, maybe not quite runner as your primary identity. And I hadn't really run in the last month since the Cherry Festival. But swimming, fair enough. And the water was pretty calm as I looked out the window of yoga. We had the great privilege of seeing the bay and it was really calm and glassy. But in the time that transpired between my decision, between a little bit of a walk through town, a conversation with my sister, there was some chop that came into the water, but I had committed myself to this experience with the side note that I could choose to continue or stop at any point. And also I could take liberties and not rush through the transitions. And the whole point of this athlon was that it was completely based in the enjoyment and the conscious choosing to participate. Now, of course, every race I've been in, there's always a choice. You could always stop in any race. Sometimes I was stopped by flat tires. I had very few did not finishes because in general, you could kind of walk yourself across the line as needed. And I'm grateful for that stick to but also for this newfound space of continue, don't continue. It's yours to decide. And I decided to document this. So if you follow me at live underscore inconceivable on Instagram, that was the most reliable space. Still learning how to get the videos to be on all the different mediums. And so I biked myself down to the beach. That was a one mile bike to transition. And I've been in races before. The Grand Haven Triathlon is one where there is a long commute because you have to get yourself down to the lake and actually walk because it's a point-to-point swim. So you're actually getting that mile in. So not unusual that you might have that investment of distance prior to beginning a race. And then I did my swim. It was an uphill swim both ways. It was choppy water and the kind of chop, it's not unsafe. It's not a current. It's just water in your face the whole time. And you feel like you're swimming against the current. And then I made the turn and for 10 strokes, I thought, yes, I'm going to have this now behind me. I'm going to get back in half the time. And I don't know if the wind shifted or what, but it was equally as difficult to swim back. And I want to make sure for anyone who are listening from a safety perspective, not difficult in insurmountable, but just it was choppy, right? There was no flow happening. And I also had still no swim cap, still foggy goggles. I'm using my swim buoy for safety purposes. So it was not the smoothest swim. I was not in a wetsuit, which is fine. The water was absolutely gorgeous from a temperature and clarity perspective. It was simply choppy, but I finished the 1500 meters. I did keep track of time, but I was not keeping a running clock. And I really wasn't concerned with that. It was about point to point and finishing that distance and supporting myself along the way, supporting that I had to stop and clear goggles in sight buoys in a much less fluid fashion than when I have been in a race in the past. And that was okay because it was about the enjoyment of completing the distance. So I transitioned myself back to home. That's another one mile bike and transitioned and allowed myself extra time. I didn't keep track of this, but it was the longest transition for sure. Might even been 10 more minutes. I changed. I combed out what was very snaggly hair and refueled made sure my bike was ready to go and began that journey. Now I had biked this distance on Monday of that week on my around town mountain bike with panniers on it. And it took a while. So I was assuming this bike was going to go significantly faster because I was on a road bike. I was not on my racing bike because I wasn't taking a racing mindset, but I was on a skinnier tired 
road bike. And the time was about the same. Now, the Monday, it was really windy and there was a storm. So I think there was a hustle mindset just to get back into town. I was also on a timeline to return in time for yoga. So that encouraged my pace. And this time I did stop to take some pictures safely because it's a beautiful view. You can see both East and West Bay in Traverse City here. And so I did that because, again, I wasn't in a rush. But mostly I was proud of my Monday self for the pace I was able to maintain on a not very fluid bike. That bike is not meant for, you know, smooth and pacing. It's meant to cover different terrain. And so really, I was able to be in a space of not thinking, wow, why were you so slow on this road bike? But thinking, wow, you are crazy fast on Monday on that bike. And when you need to, you can hustle. So I completed that and it was actually a bit longer. 24.8 is the distance you're looking for. This was closer to 26 miles just by nature of how to get where I was going. And then it was a pretty quick transition to the run. And I decided to just see how it felt. You know, I was going to see how the run was. My foot wasn't talking to me at that time and allow myself to run or walk. But I didn't want to row as a substitute. I left that on the table as an option. But I thought I want to complete by foot that third leg and also get back to the water. So I had you know, swum in West Bay, bike nested East Bay and West Bay. And so I was going to run the Boardman Lake Loop. So just keep it a water-based triathlon. And as I headed out, it's always amazing to me, the post-bike legs, because you feel like you're not moving. And then you are working harder because you want to not be moving so slowly. And then I look at my watch, I think, oh, that pace is actually pretty decent. And I feel pretty good. And this has historically been my 10K loop. But as I shared with you, the loop has become shorter because of the bridges that have been implemented, which are amazing and beautiful and make it so much more accessible and lovely. But it turns into a five-mile loop instead. And so somewhere as I was heading out and as the temperature was climbing and as it was now you know, 2 o'clock in the afternoon or maybe closer to 3 o'clock by this point, it's 85 degrees. I've been out in the sun for most of the day and I tend to wear longer sleeves to stay protected from the sun in that way. I hadn't fueled as much as I normally would have because, again, I got a later start on the day. I thought, you know, five miles is plenty. And technically if we're looking at the overall distance of the triathlon, which is 51.5 kilometers, I have covered that with these extra bike transitions and the extra distance on the bike. And this naturally ends me back at my garage. And so I committed and approved with myself to run five miles. I completed it in a decent pace. It's still fascinating to me how with a bib on and with a start line and a finish line and people around and aid stations, I can run so much faster. But I ran as fast as I needed to run for these five miles, got back to the garage, grabbed another popsicle, which are the best race fuel tools, and decided I would walk the 1.2 to complete the 10 kilometers of foot movement and wrap the whole thing up. And that worked perfectly. And interestingly, I'm walked the blocks of my neighborhood many, many times, all different iterations and patterns and figure eights. And this time I went a different way than I normally would. And I returned back to my driveway literally as 1.2 clicked over on my watch. And that was that. And that Athlon was done. I did, full disclosure, return to the water because that's the best part of triathlon is if you're hopefully where the water is, where you ended you get to jump back in and cool off. And today, as or excuse me, not today, that day, as I mentioned, it was quite hot outside. So reducing core body temperature was a great goal. 
And as I shared with you earlier, my yoga studio is directly across from the beach and there is a happy hour flow. And so I bookended that whole experience. So it was not necessarily a triathlon because there was yoga before and after. So maybe it was a quintathlon, the heptathlon's slightly younger cousin. And attended that. And this is the yoga where you really do just lie down. It's like nap time yoga and it's magical and amazing. And so that was that. And the person who had inspired the athlon was actually in that class and I got to share the experience there and celebrate that I was able to choose and craft and decide what worked best for me in that moment. And it was a fantastic Friday. Now you might think, that sounds like a horrible Friday. Why would I want to do any of that? If I had a day off and it was sunny, I would just go to the beach and sit there. That's amazing. And all throughout the days I was documenting this, it was about finding the athlon that works best for you. And it might be an athlon of naps or of food. I love everything in a flight, right? Athlons of food. And it might be music or creativity or a conversation, whatever that is. But this was about choosing that, which I loved, which brought me joy in a way that felt encouraging and nourishing and bringing that all together. Now, this was my interpretation of athlon because I associate it with triathlon, decathlon, heptathlon. So it's a combination of tasks is how I was hearing it. And it wasn't until sitting down to record this episode here that I looked it up in athlon in its meaning, <laughs> might relate more to those of you who say, well, that sounds like a terrible way to spend a Friday, Amelia. Why would you do that voluntarily with your time with, again, no chance to win or accolades or prizes or whatever it might be? You're just spending all that time doing those things. But I love to swim and the water was so gorgeous. And I love to ride my bike. I spend more time on my bike now than I have even probably in those days of training because I bike for transport. And I bike occasionally out on the road for official fitness and exercise. But I really hadn't even gotten my car all that week. And I love to run. And I'm sad sometimes when my foot does not cooperate in my love of running. But that really is a part of who I have been for so long. And to be able to do those things and to honor that my body can, even if it's not at the pace or for the duration, but if it can move, I'm going to honor that. But if I look up Athlon... (laughs) As a noun, it opens with this, labor, task, struggle, pains. (laughs) And so we could investigate all of that. And how interesting that that is not at all how I associated with that word. I associated that word with combining in a variety of numerical fashion all these different events that bring you joy. That was my chosen interpretation of this word based on my past experience. Because even in those tough races and when it really was for the win and early mornings and tough terrain and windy and rainy conditions, there was some struggle, but it was still for a love of that combination, that unique challenge of, yes, I can run, but can I run after I bike? And yes, I can bike, but what's it like when you're soaking wet and kind of freezing after a swim? Those have happened. And yes, I can swim, but can I do so in a way that then sets me up to be able to complete these other tasks? And how are you at getting between them? The transitions are such a beautiful process in triathlon, in any athlon, to be able to see what it's like to bridge those spaces. And so I really have only ever thought of it, of this challenge and opportunity 
and space where I bring together these different strengths. But the definition would have you experience otherwise, labor, task, struggle. Now, task we could bring out of there. Task doesn't necessarily have this negative connotation. Labor, automatically, I go to the three that I had that generated the most beautiful results in my life, but labor, right, can be a difficult process. And struggle. Now, interestingly, struggle I have less of a problem with because sometimes we struggle and we then use that as a ladder to success. The CrossFit Games are happening right now. The finals are going to be on in a moment. So once I complete recording, I'm going to go there and participate as an observer. But I watched athletes in this strong person version last night, lifting these huge and heavy sandbags. And there was struggle, right? They would lift it kind of to their mid chest and they needed to get up on their shoulder. And they stuck through the struggle, right? This hip extension and lift and hope and belief and stabilize and stand. And then the joy, So struggle also doesn't have to be problematic. And were there struggle moments? Absolutely. That swim on Friday was a struggle bus the whole way. Between the hair in my eyes and the foggy goggles and not being able to see and making sure boats weren't there and the chop in your face and turning and hoping it would be free-flowing and it wasn't, there was certainly struggle. And walking out of those 1,500 meters, which is the longest actually I have swum this year for all kinds of different reasons, was also that, yes right? That success that comes alongside it. The bike, not super struggle. There were some hills. There was some of the struggle of like, is this watch on? Like, why is my pace not any better on these skinny tires? But arriving at the end of it and seeing that full distance accumulate. Pains. Were there some pains? Not necessarily during, but the after. My foot did speak to me after, and I am tuning in and being respectful of my body And pain being informative, pain telling us when we are at a threshold, pain telling us when we have crossed it and we need to regroup and shift what it is that we are doing. So noticing that we can choose definition, we can see the definition that is real and true and factual if we're going to accept those pages in the book of the dictionary at face value, but also even notice how we relate to them differently. So labor, task, struggle, I read it first and think, ugh. Who would sign up for any of that? But then I think, well, that is where strength is built and often how success is experienced. And so I'm going to agree and still choose this athlon of joy with all of those things as part of it. And that's life. It isn't simply doing the things you love and there's never any problem or any hardship or any hard work involved. No, the things we love often involve those things and they can even enrich the experience because they are a part of it. And so I noticed that even for myself, and even as I set this up, I wanted to make the point of choosing this. And I had the phrase stack the deck, which has its own connotations of really cheating, right? But giving yourself an unfair advantage over someone else. But playing to your strengths and doing what you love. As I step forward into the Live Inconceivable Seasonal Inspiration Summer Love Edition, which is happening, begins Monday, the 8th of August. And you are more than welcome to join me in there. And saying self-love, it doesn't mean there's no self-judgment. It's seeing that self-judgment happens as part of the human experience and being able to embrace the entirety of it. When I talk about joy, and this is a lesson I continue to learn moment after moment after moment, it's not saying that you're only ever in joy and it's only this bubbly, superficial place. 
But it is that realization and that experience that comes alongside and sometimes even because of those difficult moments. And it's bringing it all together. So just noticing that and noticing that your Athlon absolutely can be crafted of all those things that you love and likely include some of those difficult sticky parts that maybe you don't like, but that are part of the process and actually can ultimately enrich the experience. Athlon also means athletic contest. And that we could see is true. And as I've shared, there have been many instances in my past where there was a bib and there was a start line and a finish line and results and penalties and podiums and all of those pieces. And athletic contests may be an appeal for my competitive listeners out there. Yes, sign me up. I want to see my result. I want to better my time from last year. I want to win my age group. I want to see how I compare. And there are some of you I think absolutely not, no interest in that. But looking there too, that sometimes the measurement and the data and the comparison can offer us insight. They don't have to be good, bad, otherwise. Yes, there's winning and there's losing and all those pieces. But perhaps it's an opportunity to challenge yourself and see that sometimes when we do put ourselves in that space, we perform differently. I will be perfectly honest. I was completely surprised by the result I had in the mile and in the 15K of the Cherry Festival. And it came because I was in a competitive setting. I honestly didn't think I could run that fast anymore. But that's also because I spent all of my time running alone, which is okay. I actually really enjoy that time. But it was a great window of insight. And maybe the reason my foot hurt afterward to say, look, it's still there. This is accessible to you. It happens in this setting. So you can create the environment if running fast is really what's important to you. But is that really what's important to you right now? And how about you know that it's there, know that it's available, and then take that pause because remember we're in this space where rest and recovery and rejuvenation and stillness and moving the body in different ways is actually the work of the moment. So celebrating what a contest can offer to you and know that you don't have to get swept up in it or intimidated by it. Now, this last part of Athlon is really fascinating to me. Never, never occurred to me, no awareness of it and my own naivete or ignorance, but here we are. The 12 points of celestial circle. Now, we could think of all kinds of different reasons for that and why that might be fascinating and how that's even related, and I'll do a deeper dive into it. I'm just looking at it at its face value here. I'm looking at this definition in front of me. And what is so fascinating about that for me is that I have spent the better part of the past two years immersed in the activation process, which is a curriculum, a treatment style, a meditation that I have developed. And it was born out of shifting from in-person to virtual treatment of my patients. And as it emerged, it said to me, this is a course, right? This is a structure. This is a framework for a system of learning, of being, of transformation. And it has been the foundation of the programs I have run for the past two years for many hundreds of physicians. It is available in its own self-contained space. There's an episode, I believe in season two, late season two, I'll have to look it up and put the notes in here, where you walk through it in the form of a self-assessment and meditation. It is available in 
parts where it's broken down into different episodes. Each of those, they all begin with the letter A. And we walk through them in a much more detailed fashion. And it is presenting itself in its right ways. But what it said to me was, of course, of course this is a part of Athlon because Athlon has been a part of you and your doing for all these years. And of course it presents in these 12 points. And I love that visual of the celestial circle. When I map it out, I map it out like a clock face. When I present the program, we walk our way around the clock. So we begin at one o'clock and move our way around and we conclude when we reach that 12 o'clock space, but it's continuous. And that idea of a celestial circle just resonated for me. And it said to me, you're in this space and you are doing what it is you are meant to be doing. And that includes stacking the deck and playing to your strengths and choosing for enjoyment, which are foreign places for me. Often I put that stuff aside and I say, okay, I'm pretty good at that. So let me go find the thing I'm not good at and spend more time there. And it's come to my attention that maybe we're allowed to be in the space where the things that feel joyful and have ease in them are what we choose. And if it does come naturally, it's okay to spend time there. And can we strengthen our weaknesses? Absolutely. Can we push the edge and find where we can really notice that margin for ourselves? Certainly. And we can also honor that which is ours naturally and embrace that and choose it and enjoy it. And as I move forward in the programs, in the formal structural way with the activation process, with coaching institutions, with the sociopathic life, with living conceivable, yes, all of them, right? The athlon of all the parts of me, I am on the path for that. And sharing that experience with people is what I'm called to do. And offering that up in this upcoming four-week immersive experience, which is taught virtually. I realize there's been some confusion around that when I say it's taught live, meaning in real time, but available virtually through Zoom. It's about encouraging you to find that space where the labor, tasks, struggle, and even pains are what bring you to your success, to your joy. Where the contest and the challenge is what opens you up to see your gifts and your strengths in a new way. And that the process, whether it's the 12 components of the activation process or the modules in Living Conceivable, offer you a framework, a ladder, where you can climb or cross over to that which really brings you joy and is an act of self-love. So I wholeheartedly invite you to join me for that experience, wherever you are, geographically, emotionally, physically, goal-wise, tasks, whatever is in front of you. This is a space for you to choose, to embrace, and to see what it is you're capable of, and for that to come from a place of love. That is the Athlon Recap, A-T-H-L-O-N. So much held in those six letters, partnered with so many different prefixes, but also stand alone and allow you to choose that which is right for you. This is Dr. Millie Beakey with This Osteopathic Life. Thank you for listening.